Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. If you have it, say amen. Pastor Isaac was awesome last week, right? I was watching uh, the message, and man, such a blessing, such a gift. Romans chapter 14, beginning in verse 1. Is everybody there? Right, let's go. Verse 1. Accept one another, accept one whose faith is weak. Accept. God has called us and has given us all a responsibility. He's called us to accept each other, regardless of our differences. He's not asking you and I to point out each other's differences. He's just saying, hey, we're all part of the same family. We're all part of the same body. Isn't that awesome? There's a couple things going on in this chapter. There, there was a lot of debate going on about days of celebration, days that are like commemorated or recognized, and also food. Have you ever had a debate over food? This wasn't like that, like what cut of meat is best? You know, ribeye, right, flank. Uh, New York, Filet, <laughs> right? This wasn't that kind of a debate, but it was a debate on whether we should eat meat or stick to fruits and vegetables. You already know where I choose. If you've been here, if you know me, I always say I'm allergic to salad. I took that joke. I stole it from a friend. He's like my brother. He's a wonderful, young, awesome friend of ours. And it wasn't that kind of a debate that was going on. It was the kind of debate that was bringing division to a group, a family, a body of believers like you and I, like us. Some of us are very passionate about some of these subjects and that's okay and all he's saying here is that we have a responsibility as those of us who are believers and walking with Jesus Christ we have a greater responsibility and that is to accept one another not to cause division or separation or to get into heated arguments or debates over such things let's keep reading he says accept one whose faith is weak without quarreling or disputable, over-disputable matters. Everybody there? Verse 2, one person's faith allows them to eat anything. That's me. I'll put myself in that little category right there. That's me. I'll try anything. Last time I was up here, I remember being a kid, and my dad, he... When he started cooking in the house, okay, because he wasn't always cooking. It was my mom. But I remember as a young, early preteen, I started to see and watch my dad get more into uh, 
what now, looking back, I see had become slowly was a passion that he was having. My dad was a pastor our entire life. 50 plus years of ministry out there in the hot deserts of Yuma, Arizona. Okay? And he would take, I think I mentioned this the last time, he, we had this pit that he made out of bricks, you know, lined it with brick, and he would take an entire cow's head and wrap it, put it, and then he would, uh, he had like these, these really cool tin containers that he would put the heads in, and once it would go in the pit, he would put the coals all around it, almost all the way to the top and then cover it, and it was completely sealed. So all the vapors, all this, so, so then he'd go and pull it out, right? And he had a special, like, wire already preset, so when it was time to pull it out, you know, I'd, I'd hold la bandeja, which is, like, just a metal container. It's not even a pot. It was just, you know, una bandeja. I don't know how else to say it. And it was just a big, you know, metal, huge, I, I'll call it a pot, and he say, hold it and be ready. I don't want any of the drippings to fall on the dirt. <laughs> he didn't want to waste anything. We'd pull it out, and I'd hold it. And he'd put it in there, and it was just juices flowing, right? And then he'd pull out the, the tin later, and that was full of juice, the container he had it in. Well, I didn't know my dad didn't let anything go to waste. The cheeks, the tongue, the eyeballs. I know some of you are like, some of you are looking at me like, Pastor Joe, please stop. They'll, you know, and I know who the vegetarians are in the crowd now by the looks on your face. Sesos, thank you. Labios, I'm telling you, every part of the head. Okay? And he'd go and, and this is how he got me to learn how to eat. He wouldn't tell me anything. He would just say, te voy a preparar unos tacos, verás que te vas a chupar los dedos. Translation, I'm going to make you some tacos that are so succulent, you're going to be sucking on your fingers at the end of each one. And he was very true. My mom would make fresh corn tortillas, homemade corn tortillas, okay? Does that sound good, sis? Yeah? She would make fresh corn tortillas, and then she, you know, the comal would be hot, big giant comal for the tortillas. Beans and rice were done a long time ago. And he would take out all those pieces and separate them, but then he would like bring some of it together and just chop it all up. And then he'd give me these tacos, and he'd put the lime, cilantro, little salt, on the tacos, and he'd serve them to me. Try that. And he'd give them, he'd always do it one at a time, just like a taquero does on the street, at least old school. Now they give you a whole plate. Back when I was growing up, you'd go to taqueros, you would stand there, and they would just give you one at a time, and you would just eat and eat and eat. And I don't know how they kept track, but at the end of the night, when you said, how much do I owe you, they knew exactly how many tacos you had. It, they didn't give you no little slip, no nothing. It was He'd just do the math. And the taquero did everything. He did the meat. He did the money. He, he exchanged everything. They didn't have people helping. It was just the guys chopping up the meat, making tacos, and handing them out. So that's how I learned how to eat that kind of stuff. 
until I went over to the stove and I saw eyeballs, the tongue, cheek, everything. And I said, Dad, what is all this? That's what you just ate. And I'd be like, what? You put eyeballs in my taco? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, chopped them up really good. Cachete, lengua, te puse de todo. I put everything in there. And all I could think of was how delicious it tasted. It was amazing. I try to do that with our boys now. They don't fall for it. They're like, no. We were at celebrating with some friends last night, and there was calamari on the table, and they looked, it looked good. And I said, it is good. <laughs> They're like, Dad, can I, have, can I try a bite? Here, eat it. Oh, forget it. They couldn't do it. But I'm trying. So here's what's happening. Saying, hey, is it okay to eat this stuff? Look at Pastor Joe. He's eating all this junk. He's eating all this stuff that looks nasty. How could you eat that? The poor cow. It suffered, right? It did for God's glory. And so you had folks on the other side saying, we need to just stick to fruits and vegetables. I love fruits and vegetables too. Give me tahin, give me some chamoy, give me some limes, and we're good to go. It's my boy's favorite snack after school. Pepinos con limón y tahin. Three is not enough. They eat like, they can eat two each. Let's not even talk about watermelon. Vegetables, you know, it's a little hard, even for me. I wanted to burn down my elementary school because they served vegetables all the time. I did. I'd come home very upset with my mom, and I'd tell her, she'd be like, what happened today? They were serving string beans, mom. The cafeteria, I lost my appetite because the cafeteria smelled like canned green beans. I couldn't smell anything else but these nasty green beans that they serve in our cafeteria. They just let out the worst odor to me. And I would lose my appetite and I wouldn't eat. Elvis, I love to eat ever since I was a kid. And if I lost my appetite, it was very devastating. I'm exaggerating quite a bit because I want to make the point. Some of us will lose friendships over certain subjects. And all he's telling us here is, no, we need to not allow division to come over such small matters. There are greater things that require our need, our attention. There's souls being lost in the world to drugs, to depression. We can sit here and stand here and, and mention all the things that our children are being lost to today, that our young people are being lost to today. Families are being broken up, are being devastated because of pornography, because of infidelity. There's so many things that are destroying our lives, and we want to debate over some ridiculous subjects sometimes. And we'll lose friendships, family members, because we cannot come to an agreement. We cannot come together. And God is letting us know through Paul's letter, this is not what I've called you to do. This is not who I've called you to be. 
One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. I'll be more than happy to have tofu tacos if you invite me over for dinner. I will. I'll enjoy it. I'll receive it. I'll be blessed. I will. Some of you are still kind of laughing and chuckling at me, but I will. Why am I saying that? Why am I including that? Because it is more important to me to have fellowship with you and to enjoy a wonderful time. And even if we don't talk about Jesus, just to hang out with you, I'll be fine with that because I believe that's what God's called us to do. Why? Because I know that you and I have Jesus at the center. And even when I have meals with those who don't, I still know that they belong to God. I still know that they're God's children. I still know that there is a little bit of God inside of each and every one of us. And that I'm nobody to judge anybody else. I'll sit with you whether you're a believer or not, and I'll have a meal with you. I'll hang out with you. I won't treat you any different than I do any of my Christian brothers and sisters. I'll laugh with you. I'll hang out with you. I'll enjoy time. We'll make it quality time. And we'll just enjoy God's goodness and you won't even know it. Because that's what God can do for us. You, you, are we all tracking with what Paul is, is telling us here? Let's keep going. Let's go to verse 4. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Do you hear that? One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. What does that mean? Sometimes there's friends, folks who will say, hey, this is the most important day of the week. Right? We have brothers and sisters that believe Saturday is the most sacred day of the week. We do no work on this day. Others of us say, hey, every day is the Lord's day. We should treat each day the same. That's all he's saying. That's the way we, some of us believe. But what does he say? Each of them should fully should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to who? Does so to who? Okay, so whether I consider eating certain meats okay, and you don't, or I consider eating vegetables and fruits better than the other, and you don't, who should we be doing it all unto? Does that mean that if I know about your dietary restrictions or convictions, that I should put out a feast of ribeye steaks before you and say, come on, let's eat. God said it's okay when I know that your convictions and your ways are different. Should I do something like that? No. 
Thank you. It's about respect. It's about love. And it's about inclusion. Is everybody with me? Yes? It's not about what I want, right? It's not about, well, this is what I serve at my home. This is my house. No, absolutely not. It's not even my house. It's God's house. My home belongs to God, whether I own it or not. Whether you're the owner, the renter, whatever it is, you're borrowing, <laughs> bumming on a couch, I don't know. <laughs> whatever the situation is, it's God's house. My family belongs to God. My finances belong to God. Everything in my house belongs to God. You see where I'm going with it? But sometimes we want to rule it over others. We want to say that our authority is the ultimate authority. Well, we learned about that last week, right? There is one authority overall, and that's God. But God has placed governing authorities for us. Didn't it say that in, his, in that passage? If you heard it last week, if you didn't, you missed a really good one. Okay, you should go back, watch it. It's powerful because it reminds us that governing authorities have been placed there by God. It's there, chapter 13. It all belongs to God. That's what I'm getting at. So it's not up to you and I to force others to be and live the way we live. It's not for us to judge them. It's for us to accept each other and to just allow God to be God in our lives. Do you follow me? And Paul even taught, hey, are all these things permissible? He says, yeah, but we can't overindulge either. We can't overindulge. There's a reason why they say, hey, watch the amount of red meats you eat. Right? Especially nowadays. They're not all coming from the same, you know, quality sources. We need to be careful. We need to be mindful. I'll have a good taco de chicharron like once every six months. I'll eat, I'll eat pork, you know, in different ways. But a taco de chicharron with like the fat on there, you know what I'm talking about? And a little bit of the carne on there with like pico de gallo and lime and all that good stuff. And a good salsa, casera. Queso fresco. I'll do it. Like, but it's like a couple and it's like few and far between. Why? Because I want to be healthy. Why? Because I want to make sure that, hey, I'm taking care of this temple. Because it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. Do I love a good dessert? <laughs> yeah, I do. I talked about it the, two weeks ago, how good I, I got a couple of friends of mine asking me, where is that place? I want one of those chamangos. I got a lot of you inquiring, but, hey, you know what? Do we have them every day? No. Do I overindulge? No. And we have to be careful with each other because why? Hey, some of our cultures, we come from backgrounds where health and eating healthy wasn't the priority in the household. We overindulge in things sometimes that we shouldn't. I hope, I hope I'm making some sense this morning. And I hope this is just a very practical okay, word. It is. It's a very practical word. Let's keep reading because I want to get to this next point before I end. And I'm getting ready to end because I don't want to take too much of our time. So we were saying, whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. 
whoever eats meat does so to the Lord. Right? We were saying that. For they give thanks to God, and whoever abstains does so to the Lord as well and gives thanks to God. For none of us. Okay, here we go. This is, this is the, to me, a very key section in this passage. It goes back to everything I was talking about at the beginning before we even got to the word. He says, for none of us lives. Now, remember, he's talking to believers, right? He's talking to a church in Rome that believes their Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ. They have accepted, received him, are following him. They're trying to figure things out. How many of us are still trying to figure things out? Okay, they're trying to figure things out. So things are popping up in the church. And Paul is addressing them as wisely, okay, and as best he can under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, guiding his pen. Amen? So watch what he says. For none of us lives for ourselves. You know, we live in a society, I mean, you could just, I get kind of tired of, of social media. I really do. The Lord, a couple years ago, kind of like allowed some things, not kind of, he allowed some challenges to come forth. I took a long break from social media. And now sometimes when I go on it, it's very frustrating. And I can't be on it for too long. I can't. I just can't. It's hard to see where the world is today, okay? It's very hard. But the world teaches us to live for ourselves. Society tells us, do what makes you happy. Do what feels good to you, and that's okay. If it feels right, golly, come on. Can you imagine if your pastor started living that way? Goodness, Lord. We all do things sometimes that we enjoy, right? But see, God didn't call us to live a life of happiness. I don't know if you're aware of that. Jesus himself said what? If you want to follow me, it comes at a high, high, high cost. Do you and have you decided to follow Jesus today? See, this is where folks who are living that lifestyle or that mentality of, I just want to make, I do things that make me happy. I want to do what brings me joy every day. And Jesus said it. You want to follow me? The first thing he said, deny. Do you remember that? The first thing he said was, deny. So that means I can't, like, think of myself first anymore? So does that mean that, like, I can't do what I want to do whenever I want to do anymore? He said, deny yourself. Deny myself what I 
man, he wants me to deny myself, he says. He said, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. What's your cross today? What's my cross? What does that look like? Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. At that point, let's go. Then we're in it together. That's tough. Paul here is just reminding us, we don't live for ourselves. We don't live for ourselves. Well, if we don't live for ourselves, then what should be my posture when coming to God's house? What should be my posture when going into work tomorrow morning? What should be my posture when I'm paying my bills? What should be my posture when sick? What should be my posture when I'm going through a tough time in a relationship, in a marriage? What should be my posture with somebody who's done me wrong? Man, do, can we, do we need to keep going down the list? That's tough. That's hard. But he says, we don't live for ourselves anymore. We should be done with that. We should have left it way back there to live for ourselves. He says, for none of us live for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, who do we live for? Ourselves? What does it say? What does it say? If we live, we live for? If we live, we live for? And if we die, we die for? So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. Some of us never thought about this. One of my boys one time in the car just randomly said, Dad, Who's, who's the king of, of hell? Satan, right? And I said, no. Absolutely not. And they were like, what? But isn't he like, isn't the devil like the one in charge? He's not even in charge. I said, God is the king of hell. And they were like, how could God be the king? In, in their little minds, you know, they were thinking that God was down there being a king, right? <laughs> Sitting on a throne of flames. And I'm like, no, get that image out of your head. You see, I said, Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords of this entire universe. I said, heaven, I mean, earth, I said, earth, hell, heaven, all those things are in this universe that God has created. I go, we can't say that heaven is up there in the sky, boys. And they're like, what? I started getting a little too deep for them right there. I said, yeah, you know, <laughs> I said, if God was to bring his finger down and open a little window right here in front of you, and he opened that window, you'd be able to see heaven in there. And they were like, what? Oh, it was like, oh, then it kind of made sense. And I go, okay, let's think of, <laughs> I always connect things to like Marvel, right? And I said, okay, so, you know, you've seen like when Dr. Strange, and I start telling, oh, 
I said, well, you guys think these movies were the first ones to think of this stuff? They got it all from the Bible. They got it all from the book of Revelations. When John wrote Revelations, he said, and I saw a window in front of me. And in that window was a new heaven and a new earth. In other words, when he peeked his head through there, you ever seen The Matrix, right? When he peeked his head through there, so I tell him, I go, God is, so Jesus is the king of heaven, earth, hell, the galaxy, the universe, if there's more life forms out there or not. I go, we don't know. All we know is that there's angelic beings. I go, that's for sure. And maybe that's who people think they see when they see aliens or something. But I said, I don't know. I don't know about any of that stuff. But I'll tell you right now, I said, it doesn't matter. I go, what matters is that God is the king of this place that we're at. And he's also the king of hell. He's the king of heaven. I go, he's the king of our lives. I said, and he's brought salvation to this entire thing. Even to earth itself. He's brought salvation to it. And they just like love it. They suck that up. And they're just like, man, that is like a movie. It is. God's fun. He's the Lord of both the dead and the living. So the next time you're at a funeral, remember that. The same God that's my God is his God. It's her God. It doesn't matter. That's just a shell. Right? And he's both God of my life and he's their God too. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we all stand before God's judgment. We all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, so then, each of us, I'm going to have to answer to God one day for all the chicharrones I ate, for all the hurt I caused, for all the things that he called me to do that maybe I didn't do and disobeyed. He's going to call me to that judgment. And I'm kidding about the whole eating food thing, right? He's not going to sit there and be like, you should eat more vegetables, Joe. At the end of the day, it's not going to come down to that. It's going to come down to how we treated each other. What we did to represent who Christ was in the midst of each other. When Jesus told his disciples, the world is going to know who you are by how you treat each other. They will know about your love. When they had all these questions about the laws, hey, this law and following this law, but I'm keeping these laws and I've kept all these laws. Jesus said, look, it's not even about all that. I'll sum it all up in one thing. Do you remember? He said, all the laws that you've been trying to keep, I can put it all in one. What did he say? Can anybody remember what Jesus said when he said, the entire law of Moses can be summed up in one thing. What did he say? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. When he said that, I said, Lord, sometimes our neighbor is hard to love. It's even hard to love myself sometimes. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is what Paul's talking about. Forget about all the differences. It doesn't matter to God. 
shouldn't matter to us. Here we are quarreling, bickering over things that don't matter to God. If they don't matter to God, why should they matter to me? He's not looking at what you eat or what you don't eat. He's not looking at what you wear or don't wear. He's looking at your and my heart. He's looking at your and my heart. That's it. At the end of the day, we are going to stand in judgment before him, not each other. Thank God. <laughs> I'll go straight to hell if I did. Don't put me on no judgment seat. Shoot. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment. Instead, make up your mind. I love this. Look at this. He says, just decide already. Make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I'm convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But, but if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. It's not, it's not up to me to try to convince you otherwise. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Wow. So that means that by something that small and that insignificant, I can cause some serious harm. I can cause some serious harm. I can destroy what God is working in somebody else. Because I'll discourage them. I'll hurt them. And what will they say? Is this what being a Christian is all about? then I don't want to be one. For the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness. Righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. The kingdom of God is a matter of what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. So if we're not building each other up, we're just knocking each other down. We're not building each other up, right? We're tearing each other down. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. 
It's God's word, right? We just had a little fun with it. That's all. I pray that today we be, we be challenged and encouraged to take this perspective, God's perspective, right? Right? To take this stance for Jesus. That we would all say, you know what, Lord? Who am I to judge my brother and sister? Now, let's not confuse this, okay? Let's not confuse this with in love, talking to each other when we see that we're falling away. If I see Noah here falling away and starting to walk in sin, you think I'm just going to be like, well, I'm nobody to judge Noah. No, it's not judging him. It's coming with love and saying, hey, Noah, are you okay? Can I pray with you? Everybody tracking with me? So we're not, we're, that's not what the discussion here is about. Absolutely. If I see a brother begin to take steps in the wrong direction, I'm lovingly going to come and, hey, encourage you, talk to you, find out what's going on. That's not judgment. That's discernment. That's love. That's acting in Christ. Praying for one another. Edifying one another. But not causing division because of matters that aren't important to the kingdom of God. Accepting one another and saying, that's between you and God. If you want to eat that, go ahead. It's all you, bro. Just don't eat too much of it. Hey, Joe, take it easy on the tacos. I love a good salad. My wife taught me how to eat a good salad. My wife makes some of the most amazing salads. But she likes a good steak, too. That's why we make a good pair. What does all this mean as we leave today? Let's show more love to one another. Let's show more grace to one another. Even in the situations that are hard in our friendships and our relationships. Why? Because we're all different. We're going to respond differently to different situations. But let's be graceful like God, just like Christ has been with us. Let's show love and grace. Let's make room for mistakes. Allow mistakes to happen. Because then we can also allow God to bring healing into our friendships, our relationships. Maybe there's somebody that's come to your mind, to your heart this morning, that you know you had a quarrel with, that caused separation between you and them. This would be a great opportunity. Let me ask you this. Do you even remember what it was about? Half the time we forget. I don't even know what we were fighting over. You ever heard that one? I don't even know what. Why we stopped talking. Why did we stop talking? It's a great lesson for us to say, you know what? Can we start over? God gave me a second chance. He's forgiven me of so much. I've made so many mistakes. Can we start over? Is there a chance that you and I can mend? We can allow God to bring healing to our friendship, to our relationship, to our family. Can we do that? And if they say no, it's fine. Leave it in God's hands. Okay. Still love you. And I want you to know. Can we do that? Can we do that? 
Can we leave here today and say, Lord, I want to live for you, not for myself? Why don't we stand and dismiss? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this blessed morning. We thank you for new life. We thank you, Lord, for reminding us of what you've called us to. To live at peace, live in joy, in forgiveness, in love. We would edify and build each other up. That we would be able to break bread together and veggies and fruit. Once in a while, maybe a good steak. Lord, above all these things, that we would be able to share you and your love, your light, your power with the world, that we would be able to show them by how we treat each other, that you are love, that you desire a relationship with us, that you desire to bring salvation and healing to our land, to our people, to our hearts, our minds. We pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us, direct us, and challenge us daily to live a life that's glorifying to you. We pray all these things in your name. And all God's people said, God bless you, church.